Well, I have been blessed by your comments about our team. You know, we started off with Pastor Dick. What a great word he had. A lot of you hadn't had a chance to hear Pastor Dick share, but what a treasure he is to, to our church family, he and Pastor Susie. Uh, after that, we had uh, Pastor Jerry, who many of you enjoy every week at the, at the marriage uh, ministry. Uh, incredible word. Pastor David, who's now over in Cambodia doing his thing. Uh, again, a great word. So appreciate them. Last week with Pastor Andrew uh, and, and a great word on uh, emotional healing. And it brings me great joy today to uh, brag on another one of our pastoral team. He's somebody who's just been an incredible servant around here. You've seen him many, many places, whether it's dealing with the chaos of the parking lot and raising up an amazing team to serve you guys out there. Or how about his weekly ministry to our teens uh, that I so appreciate. Uh, he's been doing this now for well over a decade. How many know if, if you survive youth ministry for two years, you, you should get a prize? All right. I did it for 12 years, and look at my hair. I used to have hair. I used to have a full head of hair, and now look at me, all right? So enough, enough about me, though. It's not about the sacrifice that I paid, all right? Um, but this man has been loving and serving our youth with great joy and with great fruit. And I just got to say this. He also happens to be married to my daughter. And, uh, and there's nothing that brings a father more joy than knowing that his daughter is being well-loved. So thank you for loving my daughter. That, to me, is the most street cred I could ever share. Is that right there? Uh, I love Pastor and Give him a warm round of applause as he makes his way up. As you can see, I do have gray in my beard now in the front, so I always like to point at certain young people in the building or in youth group and be like, this one's you, this one's you, this one's from you. E Ethan Fortner, who was singing up here, one of those things, it's like six of these are from him. We got there, praise God, but... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> uh, no, today I want to talk to you about going forward. It is incredible. Pastor highlighted all those incredible men who shared all these amazing words with us through this season. And I believe there's a, a string going through it that connects us all. And it is really intentionally directing us towards where we are going. You with me? Um, speaking of going forward, if I slam on this a lot, or you see me moving around like crazy, it's because I have my watch on and we're in a step counting contest with our staff. <clears throat> so I'm gonna be doing a lot of pacing while I'm preaching. I'm all, our, our staff got split into three teams. And at the end of the month, whoever has the most steps wins combined. Jaws. I'm going for it, okay? She's, she's our team captain. I'm part of the Red Hot Chili Steppers. <laughs> I did really good the first week, the second two weeks. I, you know, had some stuff going on. But this last week, I'm bringing it home, I promise, Jaws. I won't let you down. I'm going to work really hard. Chili Steppers are going to take it. So if I just give you one of these randomly, just... Pay no attention. 
I do want to share some of my insights, though, that I feel like the Lord has spoken to me, some inspiration and how I've been impacted by different things, and I just, I just want to share some of those with you, and I believe it's not just happenstance, it's the Lord's working and doing something. Like, of course he is, right? Of course. None of it is just like, well, whatever. Always be mindful of the good work God is doing, and he is doing something really incredible. First, I want to uh, read something with you. If we could go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses is dead. <laughs> I think it's a little bit funny, only because, God, everybody knows Moses is dead. And it seems a little insensitive, honestly. Moses is dead. There was no preamble. There was no, hey, buddy, how are you doing? Like, I, Joshua was very close to him. But this wasn't a funeral message for Joshua about Moses. This was the Lord talking to Joshua. And the first thing he starts this with is, which we already know, Moses is dead. No disrespect to Moses. Moses was the man. Actually, kind of heartbreaking, a little sad. He doesn't get to see the promised land like the rest do. But this really doesn't have a lot to do with Moses. It's really about what he's saying and what he's gesturing, which this is what I, really the heart of what I want to get into today, is that season is past, Joshua, and you are taking us into something else. I have something new that I'm going to do, and the promised land is here, and I believe there are promised lands in your life concerning your marriage, your kids, and your relationship, your role in the kingdom, in the church, at your job, how you communicate, what goes on in your head and in your heart. There is promised land things that the Lord is wanting to take us to. We have not just arrived to the promised land simply because we go to church or we become a believer. That's part of it as we get into the journey, but there is more. As the Bible talks about faith to faith, glory to glory, we are going forward and there's more that's happening. You with me? Moses is dead. Good things and bad things. We want to talk about the bad things in our life that get you hung up on stuff. You with me? <laughs> yes, we want to deal with the bad things that will hold you back. <laughs> but can I tell you that there are good things in your life that will hold you back? You can get stuck up on the old times and the good times. In fact, the Israelites had to learn in the wilderness that the manna that was supernaturally provided for them was good for one day. We would do well to live by that model. That what God has for us, we want to remember the good things that he's done, but he's continually wanting us to move forward and not get stuck up on the things that were from before. Let's finish reading that. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Get up and let's go. That season has passed. I'm not stopping. Let's keep going. And just thinking about the now campaign. Now is time 
for what? To stay. No. Now is time to invest, to build, and to grow for where we are going. An insight that I really feel like has become plain as day and night to me is the fact that over the last few years, really ever since we could call it the age of COVID, (laughs) many people came to Living Stones. And I'm not going to put you all in a box. It's kind of a generalized statement. But I think there is a lot of different denominations and churches that are represented in our church culture today over these three uh, services. And a lot of you have come from different places, and what has united us is our heart has been connected through our love of God, his word, what we want to see in worship. Like, there was a DNA here that God has been bringing together intentionally, where his people have been drawn to this Living Stones community for a purpose. You are the churched. That could be considered good or bad, depending on what the church is like. But I mean, generally, those who know God already and we're looking for what they call home, right? Why? This building that we're building, this size of the sanctuary, the children's ministry expansion, all of that is not for who's already here. He has brought the I'm going to say it again, quote unquote, churched together to prepare for the unchurched that are coming in this next season. Get up, Joshua. We're going to keep moving into what this next season is. How things used to be is not the standard. Though we will pay honor to what we need to pay honor to. That will happen as well, but we're moving forward. So my question is, what does this mean for you? If we keep our team the same exact size as it is right now, when that fills up with thousands of people, I'll die. (laughs) (laughs) I will. You are the reason why this is happening. You're supposed to be part of this solution. And I don't have the answer for you right now. I can tell you that leadership development is a huge burden that we have right now that we're figuring out what that looks like, what our, how to move pieces around and open up channels and things like that. But the thing is this, you are meant to grow and be who God has called you to be so that you're ready to take part in what you're supposed to take hold of. We'll explore more of this. Joshua, let's keep reading. Verses 3 through 9 in chapter 1. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Wait there. Everywhere. And from the wilderness. And some of us were from that wilderness. Most of them in Joshua... Well, that old generation had to die out. I I don't want to die out. (laughs) I want to be a part. I want to say yes to what God is doing and not miss out on that because they didn't have faith, right? Actually, the reason why Joshua is doing it is because he's one of the only ones that did have faith when God told them to go into the land. They didn't have to wander around for 40 years. And I'm telling you, especially you young people in here, you do not have to wander around and deal with garbage for a long season before you say yes to the promises of God. 
wrestle with that. Hard questions. Rough truth. Deal with it. Make yourself uncomfortable. You will never regret that. When he talks about the Hittites right there, I'm reminded the Lord just spoke to me again about why I named my firstborn son Uriah. Uriah the Hittite. Have you ever heard of him? This is one of David's mighty men. Happy to say the Lord named both my boys. I can say that confidently, <clears throat> and I love it. Uriah the Hittite. Uriah means Yahweh is my light. Isn't that cool? Now, why is that kind of a contradiction? Can anyone tell me? Interaction time. Why is Uriah the Hittite and Yahweh is my light doesn't make sense? Open, open discussion class. Any volunteers? Come on, Bible college students. Okay, but before that, his name being Uriah the Hittite and Yahweh is my light. I do this with, I do this with our youth all the time. If you know about this, Yahweh is a pretty interesting word. Why is Yahweh an interesting word? The God of what? Israel. Jacob and Isaac. That is the Hebrew God. Yahweh is not going to be translated as Lord. It's not translated as God. It cannot be mistaken as Baal, Buddha, Muhammad, or any other false God out there. Yahweh is the only, that name is only used for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, the Hebrew God. Uriah the Hittite, Hittite and Yahweh don't make sense. Not the same nationality, not the same gods that they served. So this means that God intervened in his parents' life. Somewhere along the way, there were some Hittites that saw how the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was doing something different, and they recognized him as the true God, and it changed them. I'm telling you, that same spirit is going to happen in this place where you, the church, the Israelites, the people of God, we're going to start drawing people in who do not belong. <laughs> Gentiles, if you will. And I, and I love that legacy, that what we're fighting for here and what we're building is that of legacy for those where their kids are inheriting a blessing. There was no cap put on Uriah the Hittite. He was one of David's mighty men, and all this came from a place of unqualification. Let me point out Pastor Jerry's message where it was the unqualified becoming qualified where this journey that we're on was really important. Not so much the destination and how things affect us. Those that don't belong are coming. And the truth of us, all of us never belonged, but God saved us, right? Let's keep going. <clears throat> no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written for it. Read the word. Read your Bible. Do not depart from it. Get it inside of you. This is key to understanding the heart of God. And having his word hidden inside of you is, is if you have, you have to do it. Uh, my wife makes fun of me sometimes. No follow-up. <laughs> Just kidding. No, she makes fun of me sometimes because, uh, you know those DVD bins and like Walmart and stuff like that? Like $5. <laughs> I look through them. Or like a disc replay, buy three DVDs for three bucks and get three free. Which is the reason why it's getting cheaper and cheaper, because they're DVDs. And the one, she's like, why do you need more DVDs? You can stream anything, anywhere, anytime. If for some reason it's not showing, you can literally pay a few bucks to rent it and watch it, streaming it. <laughs> I think there's something about the old technology of a DVD that's still comforting to me. It reminds me of an older age when culture wasn't so jacked up. <laughs> when Star Wars was still just Star Wars. And <laughs> no agenda. Um, HD is cool, but there's just something nostalgic about the kind of grainy picture. <laughs> Almost VHS, but not quite. I have some old DVD players. I have like the TV-DVD combo in my garage. And it's nice to get off the internet every once in a while, but still have the movies that I want to watch. And there's always been some that's like, this is a classic. This is one that I like so much, I just got to own it. Some of them I'm like, eh, I wouldn't even spend five bucks on. But that one's like, I want it. I know it's kind of silly. But it's a little bit comforting. Sometimes my boys will bring some old DVDs that they really like because I have one in my office when I'm working. They'll come in there and watch stuff. Um, and, and I love that. And it's just fun finding little treasures. Um, but I also realized I noticed something when I opened up my little drawers where I have my DVDs in the TV stand, I see a collection where it's like sometimes I see those throwbacks thrown on a streaming service. I don't know if you have Netflix or Prime or something, and there's a lot of garbage out there, right? But I'll see these, and every once in a while I'll see one of those show up. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's such a great movie. But you know what you don't see? You don't. You don't know what you don't see because it's not there. You don't know what's not in front of you because it's not in front of you. And he was just reminding me when it came to the word that, like, there's all kinds of pastors that will preach and speak to you. Every sermon that pastor has ever delivered to you, what treasure and what gold? The podcasts, right? The TED Talks. I don't care what it is. The books that you read. All incredibly valuable tools meant to help shape us and point us in the right direction. But none of it will ever come close to replacing your own personal experience with God. The reason why it is so important for you to open up your Bible and to get in it and spend time with God is because personal revelation will always be the highest form of revelation. Not somebody else's. What would be a shame is if you learned all the greatest leadership principles and you never led. Learn everything about basketball and football and never play. 
But the Lord is telling us to get in the game and that we're moving forward and that your own personal greatest hits collection is going to come from spending time with him and you valuing the Bible, you valuing intimacy and time with him. Do not depart from this. This is important to where we are going. So important. You don't see what you don't see. Lauren, I'd appreciate it if you stopped making fun of me about DVDs. <laughs> Let's jump to Joshua chapter 3. Now, in between 1 and 3, we see Joshua get connected and put in place. We see him uh, send some spies into Canaan. Rahab hides them, gets them out safely. They come back and they're like, oh, they're ready to crumble. We can take them. We can move into this next one, which I feel like this is a spirit we have, right? We're going forward. I'm, ex I'm excited to go forward. I don't want to sit here. I don't want to build a little club that doesn't grow. I want to go do something. I, I think that's the heart of God. But we get to Joshua 3. Verse 1, he says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shedem, and they came to the Jordan. He, all the people of Israel, they lodged there before they passed over. And at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. We are going somewhere we've never gone before. And I want to encourage you to go places that you have never gone before in yourself. It's one thing to do things as a church. It's another thing to do things when it comes to your heart, your emotions, your journey, your marriage, your relationship with your kids, taking personal responsibility for who you are. Have the hard conversations. Go to the places that you didn't want to go to before. That's where God is taking us. And in a second, we're going to talk about what else he says. You're going to be consecrated. But I want to point something else out. It's the stopping. They lodge there. And then the Spirit is supposed to go before them. The Ark of the Covenant represents the Spirit of God, goes ahead of them. That means you follow God. We sometimes have a really hard time staying still. We have a hard time being alone with our own thoughts. Is that anybody? Can you not take a shower without something playing in the background? Can you drive and just be alone with your thoughts, or does that drive you crazy? Some of you have a social media problem where you're so conditioned to be on your phone constantly that it's like crazy to not be on it. Your attention span is hard. You have a hard time lis listening to me right now. Hey, hi, pay attention. <laughs> Some of you don't want to do it because you don't like the thoughts that you have when you're forced to entertain them. And he's saying, I want you to sit for a second. I want you to be led by the presence of God. Remember, I know where you're going. Pastor Jerry, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Why was David the one who had a heart after God? His own a heart, a apple of God's eye, right? Before David was king, when he was still the guy that was a shepherd who fought the lion and the bear, he spent time 
worshiping. He just intimacy with Lord. And when he was king, everything he did was run through the Lord. Do I stay or do I go? We need to learn to do that. And I'll have the presence of God go before you. And if you don't know what that's like, you really need to sit and ask some hard questions of yourself. The presence of God and his word is not for pastors. That's for you, the individual who is a believer. Are you with me? Stop and wait. And allow him to go ahead of you because we're going somewhere that we've never gone before. In verse 5, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He is. He's going to do something big. He's, he's obviously doing something big here. He's doing something big with his people. He's a big God. He only wants to do big things. All right? Consecrate yourselves so that you can be a part of this. What does consecrate mean? First, the first word is prepare. Prepare. Prepare for what? You tell me. Prepare yourself through sanctification and being holy. Any youth in here today, what is holiness? Where's my youth at? Come on, teenagers. Don't do me like this. What? Set apart for what? There it is. Wow, Ethan, those gray hairs paid off. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> set apart as to be used by God. Not just set apart. We can set anything apart for any purpose. Holiness is set apart for the purposes of God. Jump ahead to Daniel chapter 5 when Israel has been sacked and all the holy artifacts have been taken from the temple and brought to the conquering kingdom. And my man, Belshazzar, what a name. Belshazzar, the new king who's taken over from Nebuchadnezzar, is having a party with prostitutes and concubines. Lots of alcohol, letting the good times roll. He says, let's get those glasses, those mugs, those cups that we took from Israel. I want to drink out of those. This is where we get in trouble. <laughs> like all of that was already a bad idea, but then he takes something that was holy and they're drinking out of it and they're toasting to the God of wood, the God of gold, the God of silver, all these carnal fleshly things. Now what's really the difference in that cup versus a red solo cup? They both work the same. It's the purpose as to which that cup was meant to be used for. I'm saying you are supposed to be holy. This is why you must consecrate yourself, church. My, why you must set yourself apart. Because you will compromise the vision and the things that God has for you. You are meant to be used as holy. Your body is meant to be used for the purposes of God. Your emotions, your will, your heart, every part of who you are is not yours, it's God's. If you call yourself a believer, that's part of what this is. We said he's Lord and Savior of my life. He reigns. He died on the cross for my sins. He paid for me with his blood. He took the entire wrath of God for me. An example I give our youth is if I went into a gas station and bought a candy bar 
And I gave them my money. They gave me my change. And before they gave me the candy bar, they opened it up and took a big bite out of it and then gave it to me. How would that be? How? First of all, how dare you? (laughs) But why does that upset me so much? I paid for it. He paid for you, and he doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. All of you. Are you in or out? More, Lord. He wants everything that he paid for. Yes, a little bit uncomfortable. Consecration. What really affects our culture? The glaring thing is sexuality to me. Pornography. Premarital sex. Go there. It takes away from your vision. It robs you of where you can have authority. It keeps you from being who you're meant to be. But not just there. Anywhere you're disobedient. If you love me, he says, he says, dot, 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 if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Don't sing about the love of God and not obey it. Don't be a hypocrite with your worship. And his, his words, this is not religious judgment. This is not some sort of control for a congregation. He knows what's good for you. And you know he knows what's good for you too. It is written on the heart of man. All the fighting we want to do to separate ourselves from him. Are we going to go where he wants us to go or not? The promised land that I'm talking about for you is what's at stake. And this is testimony for those who need to see it in your marriage, in your relationships, in your job, how you talk to people, what you take responsibility for in your own life. What's the fruit of these things? That's really important. And I would like to just point out that as Pastor Dick came to fill in and bridge the gap between fast forward and inspiration, insight, and impact, what did he start with? The holy fire ministers of a flaming fire. It was being consumed by anything that God wants to consume me with and burning up everything that needs to get out of the way. And this is what's going to happen for us. Letting that holiness come in and really set us apart from this culture that has become more and more indulgent every day. I don't want to consecrate the vision. I mean, uh, let my lack of consecration rob me of my vision. And this is what Pastor David talked about, was grabbing a hold of that vision so that we can run forward. If you're not consecrated, you're holding on to things that you shouldn't be holding on to, and that will keep you from letting you go where you need to go. We, we are all unqualified. I sh- by rights, I shouldn't even be standing here. I should be living in southern Louisiana or serving in the armed forces somewhere, and I wouldn't have met her. I wouldn't have the kids that I have and the job that I have now. I would have a completely different life, but it's only because God arrested my heart and had me go to Bible college, and he changes everything. And it's the same thing. All of us are the unqualified that he makes us qualified, but you will disqualify yourself if you won't be consecrated and you won't allow God to have his way in your life. You can hit a glass ceiling that you put yourself. Sit in church every Sunday, that's fine. Be here, 
and don't do what God is saying to do. Joshua would not have been able to lead them into the promised land if he wasn't obedient to the words that God gave him so clearly. What vision do you have for your life and your family and your future? Wouldn't it be crazy if all the decisions we made were to honor the Lord? If every word that came out of our mouth was to honor God? If everything that we did, thought, and felt to the best of our ability, which we know it isn't, but his mercy and his grace abound like crazy, to the best of our ability, it was all used for the purposes of God, not my selfish gain. That's a powerful church. We've got to run with it, like David said, and having that vision for this promised land. Don't act like things that happen in this building are more holy than what happens outside of this building. This gathering is not more important than what you do with the rest of your week. True worship happens with everything always. More than just the song we sing when we're in here together. That's all of us. All of us. I don't want to be held back, and I don't want you to be held back. Let's read Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. That's what happens. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. That's so important. Do not grow weary of doing good. And I know that that's hard, because what I'm asking you to do is to fight for the hard things. I don't, I don't know how to have that conversation. Well, I don't really want to confront that thing that you're telling me to confront, because it's been a comforting, albeit bad, but comforting habit in my life for a long time. Do not grow weary in doing good. Because anything worth having, anything worth doing, is worth doing right. And these are the things that will stand the test of time. These are the things that are going to minister to those that are coming into this place when they see true good fruit from those who have fought for it and understood how important this is. Do not grow weary of doing good. And it's only through the season. I'm telling you this, church. Only through those tough seasons can there be certain fruit. It will only blossom. It will only bloom. It will only produce fruit as it's gone through a certain season. And that season of fire in our life is really important. Can I tell you, godly confrontation is in the air. Uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> It's for our good. It's what needs to happen for us to be on the same page. This fruit can only happen that way. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith, because we should understand each other more than anyone else. This is where I, I can't highlight enough Pastor Andrew's message on emotional health. A few years ago... <clears throat> He used me as an example. He said, everyone needs to have a Pastor Aaron in their life to talk to or whatever. I, I want to tell you, everyone needs an Andrew Ming in their life. Someone who can be there in the hard times to help you process things, ask the right questions. A Jocelyn Burnett. 
Like, thank you so much. Conversations I've had with you guys have helped process and understand things, understanding my own emotional health. And men of God, I just want to, I want to hit you especially hard with this, your emotional health, which you are the ones that struggle with it more than anyone else. We neglect because we're guys. We're not allowed to feel that way. You will lead the way for your family and others to deal with things as we deal with our own emotional things. But you can know the truth and the promises of God, but nothing will change if emotionally you are stunted, hurt, and not dealing with the things that need to be dealt with from your past. Things maybe that you've done or that have been done by you or inappropriately taught to you. Emotionally, what do you need to deal with so that we can go forward? This is super important. We have to have this, and it's all connected. It's all or nothing. I want to read Luke 11 in just a second, but first I want to point out a few things. I want to encourage you, go read the rest of the story by yourself if you don't know what Joshua does with these people. But the next thing that happens is they cross that Jordan River on dry land, not even muddy. God has the ark go forward, it splits the water, and they walk through on dry land. For us, I feel like this represents us coming to a place that we could not get to on our own. This is how God works. This is salvation. This is an amazing, incredible part of our journey. We have arrived somewhere that God needed to take us to, and we needed him to do it. And we want to remember that and celebrate that forever. Let that moment happen to you. This is part of our testimony. I was taught that my testimony was always the one, two, and the three. The number one was, who was I? Lost in my sin, not happy with who I was, what was messed up. But number two was how I met God, where I was, how he intervened, what he was to me. And number three was what's different in my life, how I'm changed since I met him. If number one and number three look exactly the same, the number two didn't happen in your life. You need that supernatural touch from God where you're saved from your wretched self like we all need to be. And then something else miraculous happens. When they cross over, they set up some stones. They pile it high. Let's remember who God is, what he's done. I want to remember where we came from, but I want to acknowledge that this is all about where we are going. You with me? Where we are going. This is a big deal. All for the sake of going forward. And then the new generation was circumcised. Kids, ask your parents. <clears throat> that cut represents being set apart. It's a new depth of being holy and set apart in this world for what God is about to take us to. And I'm telling you, that can be painful. <laughs> All jokes aside, there are some cuts that he's going to do in our life. He always wants to go deeper. None of us in here can say that we have arrived. And if you think you have, you're kidding yourself. He wants to take us farther so we can really live out what is the promises of God in our life. We'll never stop. And then Jericho, the city of Jericho, when it came to the enemies and the cities that was there, there was none bigger. Nothing grander stood in the way when it came to the enemies of God that were in that place. And you know what he said? We're going there first. 
And I'm telling you, whatever the biggest rock standing in your way is, God wants to go there first. He doesn't want to put a Band-Aid on symptoms when it comes to a cancer that's in your life. He wants to deal with these issues that are hidden deep in your heart and in your mind where you become hard-hearted or you have a mental block. He wants to break those things up and deal with those first so that you can grab a hold of the vision and the promises that God has for you. We're going there first. And I know that that's scary, but this is important. You're a part of where we're going and what's happening. Luke 11, to wrap this up, verses 10, for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, it will be open. This is a promise from Jesus. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He knows what you need better than you do. He wants for you better than you want for you. His heart is for you. Anywhere that this could be scary to say yes to where he is calling you, and I do understand it is scary. Remember in that benediction that he gave Joshua in chapter 1, three times he said, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Where we are going, I will be with you. I don't want to go anywhere without him. But he has his conditions. It is his way or the highway. Why shouldn't it be? He's the king of everything, and he loves me more than I love myself, which I thought was impossible. We must consecrate ourselves, be obedient, find ourselves in his word, and know that his heart is for you to have the most incredible promises delivered to you. He wants that for you. He delights in it. It brings him glory. It gives us testimony, and it, it, it makes life what it's supposed to be. So stand up. I want to pray for you right now. I just want to encourage you this week, starting right now, go to the places that you are meant to go. What is keeping you from moving forward? We've grown so much. I want to look at a pile of stones with you. Okay, don't be discouraged. That's never good enough. No, that's not true. Look at what God has already done in our lives. Look at where we've already arrived. But there is more. And that church building that is about to be opened in a few months is not going to be just the church coming in. He's building that. He's gathered us with our hearts for a reason. And I want to know what's your part in this? What is God speaking to you? None of us are going in there as is, or you'll disqualify yourself. He's saying, camp on this side of the river and wait for a second. His presence is coming. It's here. How do you need to consecrate yourself for this next season of your life? Amen? God, speak to them. Reveal yourself to them. Give them a hunger and an appetite for your word, God. Let them go places that they've never gone before, emotionally speaking, Lord. Help them in their marriages and in their relationships with their kids. Make them the worker at their job that they're meant to be, the influence, Lord. Help them to take responsibility for what they need to take responsibility for. God, let them be released of any burden that they need not carry into this promised land, God. 
I thank you that you have a plan and a hope and a future for them, Lord. Teach us to stop, wait, and listen. We love you, God, and we are excited for this future you're taking us on. Speak to us, Lord. Let us be so hungry to be close to you. Give them intimacy when they're alone with you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please come get prayer if you need prayer, if you need someone to stand with you, believe with you. Come, come and get it. And if you're new here, we'd love to meet you. Have an amazing week. Read your Bible. Read your Bible.